Hello everyone and today I decided um, to talk about becoming a foster parent. So I think becoming a foster parent is a big decision because you're bringing in a child or children that you don't know. Like, of course, when you are licensed and the steps for me when I became a foster parent 20 years ago was I had to have a background check, you know, make sure you're not a sex offender or have anything child abuse or anything like that against children, um, certain felonies or misdemeanors, I believe you can't have. You want to just check with your state to see what that is. Um, you first find the agency. I started out with Department of Children and Family Services in Chicago, Illinois, and let them know that I was interested in being a foster parent. I went through their training. Um, again, it was a background check, finger check, a fingerprint check, um, come to your home to make sure you have room for a child. Sometimes they allow you to um, share room if you, have a, if you have a child there, but I always like a foster child to have their own room because again, we don't know their history and you want them to try to feel as comfortable as possible because sometimes in the beginning, they're either very connected to you or not, you know. So I like them having their own space so that if they feel like being connected, they can. And if they decide they need some alone time, then they also have that space to have their alone time as well. But again, it's a big decision. It's the decision that has to be made as a family. For example, if you are married, both husband and wife or husband and husband and wife or wife should discuss this to make sure that you're both agree to this decision because it's going to take both of you. And now when you're licensed as a foster parent, it they require both adults or all adults over 17 in the house um, to go through the process together. So if you have children in the household, what worked best for me is I also included my children in this decision. And what I mean by that is we sat down as a family. We discussed that we are interested in being foster parents. And this is what this means. You know, we explained to them that a child, when a child of the age that we selected is available. But I did have my age group open from newborn to 17. So I really didn't have a age that I wouldn't accept. Um, they'll come live with us. I had to also explain to my children that you were raised, you were probably raised differently than the children that would come into our household. So you have to understand that some of their behaviors may be different than what you're used to. Um, does not mean you can now start behaving that way. That means I'm going to try my best to help the child that come into our home understand it's okay to be angry. You know, that's a normal emotion. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be frustrated. 
but I want you to be able to express that in a positive way. So that was a conversation I had to have with my children because I have had multiple foster children. I do understand that sometimes a 10 year old can come into the household and when they get frustrated and they get angry, they're just cursing and throwing things and punching holes in walls and trying to attack the other children in a home or trying to attack the foster parent. I have experienced these things from some of my foster children. So I get that. So my kids were prepared for that, but I think the first time they saw it, they were a little shocked because I could see their faces um, when they was responding to the child, like trying to attack me. And of course the agency um, help you become CPI certified. Um, which means it's like a way to like stop a child from physically hitting you without you physically hitting them. So it teaches you a way to kind of hold them in an appropriate way where they can stop hitting, they can't bite you and things like that. So you can help calm them down. Now, some children, it may make them more angrier, but the goal is to make sure you also protect yourself because as a foster parent or your children, in the home should not be verbally attacked and physically attacked by a foster child. Just the same way that that foster child wouldn't want anyone in the home to verbally or physically attack them. So as you can see, this is a big decision for everyone. Now, and if you are a single person that decides to become a foster parent, it's also important for you to kind of examine, do I have time to assist this child in the best way that I can? And what I mean is from my experience, when I've had foster children who still had a connection to family members, you know, that requires us meeting up with the family members so they can see their siblings or their parents or their grandparents or whatever their relationship is and approved through the um, Department of Children and Family Services or whatever state you live in, um, that they have approved visits and we have to make sure we get them to tutoring sessions and we have to make sure um, we get them to doctor's appointments, if they have therapy, if they have physical therapy or occupational therapy, tutoring, like whatever their needs are, you have to make sure that you have time to meet those needs because that is required of you. Okay, so as we have established, it is a big decision. But what I will say is it's an awarding decision because we know there are so many children out there in our world that just don't have that stability, that person that they feel they can lean on, that person that they feel like is going to be here for me, um, whether I'm, whether it's good or bad. But if you think about it, we all want that. We all want someone that we know that this person is here for me without any biases, without any, anything. They're here for me. And one one thing I always tell um, new foster parents or someone considering becoming a foster parent, I know our goal is to 
you know, provide all this love and attention to our foster children. And we want to give, 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 give. And then sometimes we expect them to react or behave the way they should because we just giving, 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 giving. But if you have an experience being a foster child, which I was a foster child from the age of nine years old to the age of 18 when I aged out the system. Typically, foster kids experience someone being nice to them until they're ready to do something not nice to them. And I'm not speaking about like sexual abuse. It could be physical abuse. It could be emotional abuse. It could be just something negative. So sometimes they may feel like, okay, this person's been so nice to me. They don't even know me. So they can feel like that emotion and that is is fake, right? But your goal is to keep showing them that. Like even when they're acting out in a way that they shouldn't. I'm still going to be here for you. I do not respect. I do not appreciate the behavior you're showing me. You know, if I did something that upset you, I understand that. And I need you to express that, but not where you breaking things or punching holes or cursing at me or attacking me or, you know, you want them to be able to feel comfortable enough to express their emotions but you don't want to put your expectations so high that, you know, after four months, this child's going to be a whole new child. And they're going to be like my children and they're going to be because that just may not happen. And that's just because maybe they haven't received that stability and that unconditional love from anyone before without thinking they have to do something in return. It's very important for you to be open to knowing that you may give, 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 give and feel like you're never getting through to this child. But little do you know, most times we are. They may express that or show that differently and they may not understand that this is what I'm feeling or I feel like I can trust my foster mom or my foster father and be able to express that to you and let you know, hey, I'm okay, I get it. But that's not why we do it. Yes, <clears throat> sorry, you become a foster parent to help. <coughs> sorry. But we want to show these children that someone loves you. Someone wants to be here for you. And you may not react the way I expect the child your age to react. And this is what we have to do as foster parents. Remember, they may not react the way we want them to react. They may not respond the way we want them to respond. They may not behave the way we feel they should behave for whatever age they are. But they're children and they may just be lost. And I need all my potential foster parents to just hang in there, be with them, support them, be willing to go through the trials and tribulations and let's not put them back in a system and call the caseworker to get them when it gets hard. Because I'm not going to tell you that out of any of the foster children I had, it started out so easy. 
Now, I had some foster kids that come to me and they were so nice and so sweet and just did whatever I told them to do first month or so. But by the time that third or fourth month came around, something happened and they just withdrew, like completely different. And some foster kids came in the house immediately and just didn't have a connection with me or any of the other children. I always gave them a space. I always let them know I'm here. When you want to talk, we go, we can talk. We're going to talk about what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. We're going to discuss, you know, how to express ourselves appropriately. And all I can do is lead by example. That's it. Now, I will say I'm much better now that I am a social worker than I was 20 years ago when I was 18 years old because I became a foster parent um, as soon as I turned 18 years old. And that's because I knew I had like six or seven brothers in foster care. And my goal was to become a foster parent at 18. And I wanted to get all of my brothers out of foster the foster care system. But gratefully... Um, all my brothers were adopted. I was the only one that wasn't adopted. And I was the oldest and the only girl. So most of them were doing great. The other brothers that I f- found later in life, I want to say two of them, they weren't doing so well. So of course, they can come stay with me. So I had a lot of my brothers come stay with me throughout the years. But again, I just want you to be realistic on... um what to expect as a new foster parent. There's a lot of support with foster parents. Like we try to stay connected. We try to lean on each other because sometimes you just have a difficult child that no matter what you do, you just can't get through to that child. Um, And that's just because of their past. And that may take a while. It may take a few years. I always try to make sure I know if I get older foster children, um, I know where resources are available for them as far as independent living, um, as far as college, you know, explaining to them these are the these are the things that's available to you if you do this. Um, mm-hmm. Being in close contact with their social workers to know what do I need to do to get my foster child college paid for, what I need to do to get them independent learning. My biggest goal when I was a foster parent is to advocate for my foster children needs. If I had a foster child that couldn't read, couldn't write, couldn't add, whatever the case may be, I made sure I stayed in close contact with my social worker. My foster child needs tutoring for reading, for math, for writing, because that's what the state is there for, to help them be the best they can be as long as they choose to. So I want to make sure you advocate if they have family members that they are approved to see, have conversations with, I make sure they have a home phone number that they can call. I set up a time. She's going to call or he's going to call you on Mondays at eight or whatever the case is, because we know as foster parents, the goal is to reunify them with their family to create that stability We also know that's not the case all the time. Unfortunately, sometimes they just cannot go back to their families because of, for whatever reasons. But that is the number one goal. If you decide to become a foster parent, 
again, it's amazing. Um, I feel very grateful when I am in contact with all of my foster children, except for the one I had when I was like 19. Um, that's the only one that I'm not in contact with, but every one of my foster children can call me, can talk to me, can ask me for help. And I'm going to be there for them because another thing I think sometimes we fail to realize is sometimes we all they have. You know, some of them don't have a connection with their families. Um, I know when I was growing up in foster care system, I didn't. All I had was my little brothers. But my mom, there was no connection. They terminated her rights, you know, so we couldn't. You know, when I turned 18, that was my option and my choice. But I decided not to till I was later on in life. But that happens as well where family rights are terminated because they just don't feel like it's in the best interest of the child. Or sometimes you have a mother or aunt or sibling or whatever that is causing a wedge in between the relationship between the foster child and the foster parent because maybe they're jealous. You know, maybe they feel some type of way. Maybe they don't like the foster parent. And so they're telling the child one thing and then the child's like, oh, my mom said I don't have to listen to you. And oh, you know, even though you are their foster parent and the mom don't have that right to tell them that sometimes that causes the social worker to terminate, go to the judge to see if they could terminate either the phone calls or monitor the visitations because they don't want that foster parent to you know, be battling with the mother when a mother don't have the child and the foster parent is trying to help the child. So it's just, it can be a lot, but I don't want you to forget that it can be rewarding as well. And it can be very helpful to someone that may not have that family connection that may not have anyone. If we focus on not making our expectations too high and just realize I have to give this child time, you know, I'm going to be there to support them through good and bad. I'm going to be the best parent I can be to them. I encourage you, if you have children of your own, please do not treat your foster child any differently than you would treat your own children. That was my biggest pet peeve. Um, All my foster children got treated the same as my children. If my kids, which they did, have a birthday party every year, my foster child got a birthday party and I buy clothes for my children for school my foster kid like we all do everything together there is no difference because you're all children under my household if you have that divide that's going to be a big divide between you and your foster child so if you don't want to start that please don't start that i would encourage you to treat them all the same um also i would encourage you to Talk to your foster child about what they want to call you. Because I know I had some foster children who wanted to just call me Miss Shante. I had some that wanted to call me mom. I had some that wanted to call me TT. Because you got to remember, parent-teacher conferences and things like that, you're going to be going to their school. Most foster kids don't want other kids to know they're a foster child. You know what I'm saying? So... You want to make sure you communicate with them so that they can feel involved in the decisions that involves them. And that also makes them feel important. Like, wow. So she asked me, like, what do I want to call her? I don't let any 
child call me by my first name because that's just to me is not respectful. But if that's what you do, that's okay. I'm not saying it's disrespectful, but that's just how I feel personally. So if they just wanted to call me by my name, they could just put Miss in front of it. Miss Shantae, Miss Tay, whatever. But I didn't want to say, you have to call me mom like all these other kids because I know I'm not your mom. And most of them did not walk in the door calling me mom. It took years of that. Um, But right now, most of them still call me mom. And my foster son is 26. My foster daughter just turned 18. She's super excited. Because she's now an adult and can make her own decisions. Um, My other foster child is 23. So I always keep a connection because, again, I know a lot of times I am the only family they have. And I'm going to support them like I do my own children. And I'm going to help them process things. So when they turn 18, that's not it for me. Or if they get adopted because I knew that I didn't want to adopt any more children because I had three of my own. So I was, my goal was to be a foster parent, help them get to 18 years old, where they can then go to independent living and college. Cause I always encourage college, even if it's a trade, just to, you know, make sure you can possibly get a job that you can support yourself and be comfortable. Cause I do know a four year, six year institution is not for everybody, which I completely understand. So that's always my goal is to be there for them because no one should be in this world alone. No one. No one deserves that. And we all have different situations and we all come from different backgrounds and we all are different. But one thing we all should have for each other is love. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Um, Next week, I'm going to talk about... The mindset of a foster child, and I can only speak from experience as being a foster child, Um, experience from what I've heard from my own foster children, and what I've encountered as being a mentor for foster children, mainly for teenagers, because I know teenagers have the hardest pill to swallow because A, most people want to adopt younger children so they can hopefully raise them, you know, and kind of create um, the background or whatever, um, you know, ideal they want for their child. Um, and teenagers kind of get a reputation like they're bad because, you know, teenagers is typically a little difficult. I've had a teenager myself, so, you know, at a certain age, they feel like they know everything, and we old, and we just don't know, and we never been a teenager, and you know how it works. Okay, so I know that teenagers typically are left in a system in group homes because they can't be placed, so once I got my regular foster care license from the Department of Children and Family Services, I went to a... um. Now, profit agency called Camelot and got a therapeutic foster parent license so that I could help children who had a little bit more emotional problems because I was a foster child. Sometimes that helped them open up to me a little bit more or they felt like, okay, she's been there, you know. Sometimes they feel like, oh, this person don't know me. 
you know, this person don't understand what it's like, you know. And when I say, I understand whatever you're going through, I've been there. And the goal is not to be stuck where we are, but to move forward so that we can decide when we become 18, what life we choose to live. Because unfortunately, we know as children, we don't get to pick our family. But when we become 18 and we can, we can make our own choices, that we can choose. Good night, y'all. See y'all next Saturday. Bye.